With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by John as always. John, how you doing? Doing, I'm doing good, Brian. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I would That's be good. happier if the Panthers won on Sunday, though would it was you? still an entertaining game. It was. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Like I thought, Sunday's game was as as maybe like I don't want to be that guy. That, like roots for losses, but like in hindsight, Sunday might have been an ideal game. I thought. Um, I don't root for losses. It's one of those things where it's almost uh, both situations are good. Like if I get to watch an entertaining football game and they still lose, it's like okay, their draft position's better, but at least I got to watch an entertaining football game. Like I would have been extremely happy if the Panthers won, but. They didn't, which is going to be better for the draft position. Shockingly, they're still in contention for the NFC South, though. They're only two games back, which, you know, stranger things have happened in this division. I mean, there's the 7-8-1 and one season that is Brad's favorite. It, it, it's it's so funny to me that uh, coming into Sunday, if the Panthers won the game, they would be first place in the division as we speak right now. But instead, because they lost this single game, this one game had a swing between leading the division at a, almost the halfway point of the season and sitting at the third pick in the draft. Yep. So the that Panthers, was amazing. Yeah, Panthers win. They are in first place in the NFC South. Panthers lose. They pick third in the yep. draft. The best, <laughs> place, so best place to be in. Yeah. I, uh, I've shared a fan shot of that on Facebook and on CSR during the before the game started, actually. So it was only fitting that the Panthers made it as close as they possibly fucking could to the point that they basically should have won the game but still lost. Um, should have won it twice. Yeah, they had two different chances to win. <laughs> One of which was a shoe win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but PJ Walker had himself a 300 yard game. When's the last time that a Panthers quarterback had that? Yeah, that'd be Sam Darnold in like week like three of last year, I think. Uh, playing the Texans, yeah, that makes sense. I think he might well, have done but... it against the Cowboys, like the last good quote unquote game he had before he like turned the ball over a few times in the second half against the Cowboys and then forgot how to throw a ball. Forgot how to be a quarterback got... turned into a pumpkin. Yeah, I think he got three hundred in that game. Yeah, 
Yeah, he had 301. But I would have been, if someone had sat there and said, P.J. Walker's going to have a 300-yard passing game for the Panthers in the preseason, I would have laughed at them. Um, like, why before, is P.J. Walker even playing? Yeah, he's the fourth, he was the fourth-string quarterback. The fourth-string quarterback, John. Yeah. Behind Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, not in that order, obviously. Uh Matt Corral and him. He wasn't even going to make the roster, and all of a sudden he threw 300 yards against a pretty competent Falcons team. I mean, their defense isn't great, but they're 4-4, four and four, which is pretty good for the NFC this year. Um, they're just a scrappy team that makes every almost every game competitive. And, yeah, he threw for 300 yards. Dante Foreman again rushed for three touchdowns, or again rushed for 118 yards. He did the sa- the exact same yard total last week. And he scored three touchdowns. So fuck you, Matt Rule. Yeah. One of those, it's one of those things where like the longer that the Panthers are removed from Matt Rule, the more I'm like, oh man, he was an idiot. Like (laughs) Foreman only had averaged what one to two yard or one to two cat uh target not targets, rushes per game during the Matt Rule era of 2022. And now Uh... he's getting yeah, because it was after the 49ers game, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Foreman had seven carries in the first four games of the season. Yeah. Now he's well, five games. The... He missed he missed a game in there. I don't remember if he played if he was hurt or if he just didn't get on the field. Uh, I think he was just didn't get on the field because yeah, the... so he had five touches through five games or seven yeah. touches through five games. Yeah. The Matt Rule-led Ben McAdoo era was very much just cram the ball down Christian McCaffrey's throat or have Baker Mayfield throw 40 yard, forty passes a game. So, I don't know what it is, but the offense looks good. Maybe it's the offensive line gelling, but Dante Foreman, and I think this is one of those things with running backs that is kind of lost in translation with backups, but running backs tend to need a few touches to really get into a rhythm. and. Foreman seems to be that guy, which is good because, you know, now he is that guy for them. So, yeah, I mean, he's a big boy. And I think that those tend to be the ones that anecdotally see, uh, like, seem to be more effective later in the game after teams get tired. Oh, yeah, he's a power runner 100%. And this is a power rushing offense 100% as well. I mean, now they've really gotten back to doing that. And, uh, it's shocking to me that their offensive performance is so much better without McCaffrey, but I guess that's just what this offense is designed to do. I mean, their offensive line is a lot of uh, decent run block or really good run blockers between Ika McQuanu, who was, by the way, can, is still continuing to be the best ranked PFF offensive tackle of this season in pass blocking. So, but also a good run blocker. Obviously, Bradley Bozeman, that's more his style, and Taylor Moten, always good at that. So, but after an interception return, oh, go ahead. I, was just, I think Christian McCaffrey might be one of those guys that makes uh, coaches stupid. Yeah, that was that was something that I brought up in the Slack chat. It just seems like Christian McCaffrey makes people overthink things. Like you have other offensive players. I mean, Terrace Marshall, Dante Foreman, um, hell, even uh, Tommy Tremble have all had much better performances and really shown out when without McCaffrey, which is sad because if he was here and they still did that, it would probably be better offensively, but I digress. Um, 
but yeah, the yes. Panthers had the Panthers had themselves a pretty slow moving first half. Um, both the game, uh, the the first half ended with the Panthers leading ten to seven, and that's when everything kind of went nuts in the second half. So. Panthers start the first half or the second half with a field goal. Then the Falcons score a touchdown after two punts. Then the Panthers score another touchdown to with Dante Foreman to or Deontay Foreman. I have no idea how to pronounce his name even to this day still. Yeah, um, I, I looked up pronunciation and it was Deontay. It is Deontay. Okay. I think he told me that last week. It's just one of those things that but doesn't was, get in my head. Stubborn. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. But yeah, touchdown, then a field goal, then another touchdown by Deontay Foreman, then another touchdown by the Falcons with Demir Bird of Panthers fame. 47-yard <laughs> touchdown. Panthers tried to uh, continue the momentum. Instead, they only got they got negative seven yards on the next drive and turned it over on downs. Field goal by the Falcons. That put the Falcons pretty much ahead to the point where the game was basically over. And then PJ Walker uncorked a beautiful pass to DJ Moore with basically time expiring. I think there was only like 12 seconds left, maybe. Yeah, uh, it was like 12 seconds. There was. Yeah. But I think that is maybe uh, you crack the code. What if you throw the Hail Mary the second to last play of the game before yeah. the defense puts like all their tall players and like camps out on the goal line? Maybe right. that's the that might be the move. Well, pa- Walker did the one thing that Baker hasn't done all season, which was extend the play without just trying to run it. And yeah. Moore got behind the defense, which part of it was just that the defense really fucked up on that play anyway. Like, they should never have let him behind them. But regardless, I would have never expected P.J. Walker to have the longest air yard completion in next-gen stats history since 2016, <laughs> I want to say, is when they started calculating that. Yeah. So. Then DJ Moore unfortunately ripped off his helmet, which is a bullshit fucking penalty because they <laughs> do not they do not enforce that consistently. Um, but then, regardless, 15-yard penalty, Eddie Pinheiro had to attempt a 48-yard kick, which is not necessarily automatic in the NFL, but you kind of expect your kicker to make that. So he missed it. Falcons take over in overtime. Five plays, interception by the much maligned C.J. Henderson. He brought it to the Atlanta 20, which you would think is another chance to be automatic. Panthers gain six yards. They go to kick a field goal. Pinheiro misses again. Falcons win the field goal, 37-34. to Falcons, the Panthers lose. And now they are sitting at the third overall pick, potentially, in the 2023 NFL draft. And, wow, was that a fucking roller coaster of a game (laughs) right uh i think i want to start with i do not have any animosity towards dj moore for taking his helmet off me neither no like you said i feel like we see that and i don't know if it always gets called and no it doesn't it absolutely also just like i uh appreciate the moment because you know he's got a lot of like pent-up frustration with how bad this season has been for him and to have like a big play and have such a key play, like to get hyped up, like I, I don't, I don't fault him for that. Um, oh, I mean, that was the play of his life, like a sixty-four right. yard touchdown with like less than 
15 seconds left in the game to tie the game up for the PAT. That might be the best career, the best play we'll ever see in DJ Moore's career. And it was all for naught because the Panthers were going to Panther on us. <laughs> it sucks too. I mean, Zane Gonzalez probably nails that field goal. No problem. <laughs> like, I, I was going to say what, uh, you, you maybe think, uh, Scott Fitter, or David Tepper, like, uh, Handed Eddie Pinheiro a note on the sideline. Like, hey, man. Missed this field goal left. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially possible. the overtime attempt. The overtime attempt was bad. Like, the, uh, the extra point just kind of, like, leaked to the side and barely missed. But the the game-winning field goal from 33 yards, he, he almost missed the, like, the, the kicking net or the net behind the field goal to catch the ball. Like, he pulled it straight left. That's what I like to call the yips, which is a baseball term. I think that he was trying too hard to make the second field goal instead of just settling down and kicking it like a normal kick. Yeah. It also doesn't yeah. help that you're in opposing territory where the Falcons are, you know, at least halfway decent this year. So the fans were definitely going to be a factor on that as well. I'm a little, I was, I was like kind of expecting him to be cut, which I'm kind of glad. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't like, not that, not that he, it's just, I think it's always harsh when like one bad game from a kicker ends up getting them cut. But uh, I think he's, I think it's safe to say that uh, Eddie Pinheiro is uh, his seat is a little bit warm. It definitely is. I mean, this, the, the thing that really sucks about it is even if Pinheiro isn't doing great and, you know, he can't rebound from this. It's there's not a lot of kickers out on the market right now where you can bring them in and safely rely on them for a kick like that. Right, the forty-eight yard one, anyway. So yeah, the forty-eight yard one, whatever. The the thirty-three one, the thirty-three yarder in overtime. That's I a, do that's so much shot. love the fact that the Panthers just the Panthers find one kicker, he gets hurt, then they have to replace him like either right before the season or midway through the season, and then they find a decent one in Zane Gonzalez, who's really who was very good last year, and then he gets hurt right before the season. They just have to scramble to find a replacement. That's always fun. I love that. Yeah. We can't not just a, have not a recipe for success. Yeah. No. No. And, like, the offense did everything it could. I mean, if P.J. Walker had that same uh, moxie and performance in the beginning of the game, I don't think the Panthers would have been in that position to need to kick a field goal to win. I think they would have run away with this game. But Walker really struggled in the first half of the game. That's kind of to be, to be expected from a fourth a fourth string quarterback. So, you know, it yeah, sucks, I, but it I, is what it is. I have no idea like what happened with the offense in the second half. Like, why all of a sudden everything just clicked? Second half adjustments? Question mark. I mean, we scored twenty one points in the the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Yeah, alone, which I think is it's definitely the most we've had all season. Uh, the. <laughs> The second, no, third most points we've, or more points than we've scored in one, two, three, four, five of our games. Or as many or more than uh, points we've scored in five of our games. I really feel we haven't scored 21 points. We haven't scored more than 21 points in a game since uh, week week three win over the Saints. And that was mostly defense creating those points, too. Right. Like seven of those were were points directly from the defense. Um, 
Yeah, I feel bad for PJ Walker because I feel like this is a really good audition for him. And if the team like won maybe two more games, you'd be having the conversation of is PJ Walker the guy where now I feel like it's just he's not the guy, even though he's he's pretty good. I hope they retain him as a backup quarterback next year, but yeah. who the hell knows because he's not because he was Matt Rule's boy and Matt Rule is gone, obviously. So you know. Yeah, I think he's definitely played well enough to like uh, establish himself as a backup for a long time. Yeah. I uh, hope. I don't know what fans would be saying, but I hope the team is not knee-jerk enough to be like react to just the bucket or just the second half of the Falcons game. Be like, maybe this is our franchise quarterback now. It's like, uh, let's, let's let we have a few more yeah. good games. No, I mean this is at least the way that it looks right now. Unless PJ Walker falls off a major cliff. I think they're just going to be paying Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold like $24 million combined to just sit on the bench and watch PJ Walker try to win a starting job. I think yeah, that's, the, I, that's the goal at this point. Like he, he gives you the best chance to win, but you also can't really like fault them for, you know, playing somebody like him when they're also angling for a top pick. I mean, he, they just owe it to him and he just deserves to start because he's earned it like he's been so much better than baker or sam for the last like for what they've put out there for the last year um right pj walker pj walker's just been better and you can't not give him the job if you want any credibility in the locker room like if steve wilkes is like oh baker's back head on back out there baker or sam uh no one in the locker room respects him no i mean like yeah even in the preseason, like Walker looked like the most competent quarterback on the roster. And for me as an at-home viewer, I was like, well, it's maybe it's just because he knows the offense better and he's got the rapport with these guys and maybe he's not as good. But no, he's, I mean, very clearly head and shoulders playing much better than those guys, even with the ups and downs of his performance, like the first couple quarters of the Falcons game. So I think with the ups and downs, you say at least there are ups. Right. Right. You get the 63 yard completion at the end of the game where he fucking rocketed it to DJ Moore, threw it exactly where it had to go. Like it was just a beautiful throw. It sucks that he lost this game because I feel like even despite the struggles in the first and second quarter, this was still a better quarterback game than even last week. And last week was a very good quarterback game by him. Yeah. Now he's, he's been, that's, I mean, he's put together a couple of good weeks and I'm, I mean, I think you ride it out as long. I mean, Sam and Baker are not going to be the answers, so I don't no. really know why you bother going back to them. No, especially since the 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 head coach is gone, and allegedly Sam Darnold was his little baby. I guess like he was going out, he was angling for Sam Darnold even before the draft of 2021, which I still I'll only take the job if you can get Sam Donald in that building. I don't care what it takes. I will not yeah. coach your team unless Sam Donald's my quarterback. I do find it funny that the report uh, that came out on that was basically, I think it was Scott Fowler. Um, but Sam Donald or not Sam Donald, Matt rule basically harassed everyone until they gave up and were like, fine, we'll trade for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, you know, it's what you got to do. Also, I love that whenever a player, whenever someone gets fired, all these things come out like immediately. Like, like people are sitting on these stories for so long. 
Yeah. And like, oh, I'm so excited to finally be able to share this. To share how much of an idiot this guy was. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but speaking of coaching moves and uh, transactions, the Panthers didn't trade anybody this week. I I'm wasn't. With that. I wasn't shocked by it. I'm not going to lie. I think that the national media loves to jump on these narratives that teams are in fire sale mode and they're going to trade a good player. And the Rams allegedly offered a 2024 and 2025 first round pick. When I first read that report, I, they didn't include that part, which maybe they didn't know, but if it had been a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 first round pick, I might've been okay with it, but two first round picks in the future when you don't even really have an idea of what direction that team is going to go in for Brian Burns. That seems like, uh, seems bad. Yeah. Not I, I for think, a team in this position. Yeah. I think people get a little carried away in like what entails like being a seller mm-hmm. or what being a seller entails. We're like, just cause you're bad this year doesn't mean you trade all of your good players. Like without, consideration for anything right like the christian mccaffrey trade made sense because he's a 26 year old running back that's way overpriced not overpriced for his value but like it's a huge allocation of resources to a position that doesn't typically have good return on investment and he's presumably on a a down down slope of his career that's a player that you get value for when you're on a bad team uh, you don't necessarily do that for players that you're capable of re-signing past their current deals for good value, right? Like, Brian Burns is 24 years old and is going to be, like, he's a, a priority to keep going forward. So, like, you don't get rid of those guys. You get rid of, like, the guys that have, like, one or two years left on your team. You just get them, you get rid of them earlier. And Brian Burns also plays a premium position. Like if you ship him off, you still got to replace him. You'll probably spend one right. of those first round picks on a, on a edge rusher. And you hope he's as good as they are, or you hope that person is as good as Brian Burns is. Um, but the fact that he's 24, will probably sign a pretty long extension this off season to be their premier pass rusher alongside Derek Brown. Like at this point, the Panthers are in a position where, they need to build around their franchise centerpieces, which right now are DJ Moore, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, uh, Aquanu, Moten. You know, like they have they have decent enough pieces. This is not like the dumpster fire, one win or zero win Detroit Lions or Jaguars where they have no talent and they're just kind of trying to angle for a full rebuild. Like this is, they're going to rebuild, but it's not in the sense where they need to find those corner there's cornerstones for their franchise. They have them. They have a few of them. They can, they have an opportunity to get more of them. Right. So there were way too many games that I've watched so far this year where the Panthers were, play, were playing well, like last year when they were struggling and getting destroyed in the second half of the season, that's when I would have been like, yeah, fire sale, kill like send everyone out where this year it's like, you can see the positives. You can see what they're trying, what, what Matt rule was trying to build. You can see some kind of vision with it. It's just, they didn't have the right people at the top to manage it. Right. You see like where that foundation, you see the foundation, right? Like, uh, you, you see like, okay, like there are pieces, there are guys here that are good that can get that, you know, we should keep around for a while and they can be the, the focal point of a good team in a couple of years. 
And so there's no reason to, to, to offload them to try to replace them immediately. And on top of that, they, they need to be a attractive uh, place for a new head coach. Right. Yeah, you don't, don't need to be hiring be the next failure. Urban Meyer, you know? Yeah, you so, don't want to be in a place that looks like a setup for failure. Right. So I'm okay with the direction they're going in. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was I, – I, I didn't expect – uh, I didn't expect the Panthers to be super active. I definitely didn't expect them. They're definitely not going to trade for anybody. Um, right. And I thought I didn't think there was going to be any trade outside of maybe something on the peripheries that was like very minor. But the 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 the, the star players, I felt like I felt I felt like Christian McCaffrey was the only one that made sense. So um, he did, and he deserves but, to go win with someone else. Like and he regardless. Had okay. He said an okay start with the 49ers. Yeah. You know, he only threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown. Yeah, that's all he's done game. in one game. Yeah. Yeah. He has the he has he's the only quarter he's the only player in the NFL who has a perfect passer rating on passes twenty yards down the field. I saw I saw that he has uh as many thirty yard completion like thirty air yard completions outside the numbers as a 49er as Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh wow. <laughs> it was something like that. That's hilarious. It was something it was something there there was there were a couple things that are like uh where if you do that thirty air yard uh like kind of filter that Christian McCaffrey is like equal to or p- better than Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of like either the same at like something along those like like I said I think it was the only like Jimmy Garoppolo has never thrown a thirty yard pa- air yard pass that was completed outside the numbers or something like that. For the at 40s. this point, you should just bench you should just bench Garoppolo and put McCaffrey at quarterback. Be a pretty devastating I mean, combo with Debo Samuel. Yeah, just do the Debo, just do that Wildcat all the time. Yep. I don't know how. I think I think I think it would with Kyle Shanahan and. Those two guys, I think it would work. Like you could have a, like a middling offense, only running the ball with those two players and like wildcat type uh, plays. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but speaking of offenses, so the Panthers are going to face a pretty good one, despite down Jamar Chase in the Bengals this week. I'm not really sure how I feel about this matchup yet. Um, um it's, 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 I mean, it's a, it's one of the weird, I mean, it's just an AFC. It's always tough with the AFC games because we see those teams so infrequently. It just mm-hmm. like doesn't like Panthers Bengals just like doesn't look right. No. 
No, it doesn't. And they're kind of in the same situation the Panthers were last year, except, you know, having Joe Burrow, where their offensive line is such shit that the, that it kind of, like, brings down everybody on the offense. Like, even without Jamar Chase, I mean, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, um, what the fuck? They're, they're, they're tight end. He was the, the Falcons guy. What was his name? Um Nurse? Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Like, that's not a bad top three for a franchise quarterback like Joe. Oh, no, their skill positions are crazy. And, like, Joe Mixon running back and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, they have a solid offense. And their defense is kind of in the same situations as Panthers right now, where their corners are just all dealing with injuries. And they have some defensive linemen out. So we might be looking at a P.J. Walker, Joe Burrow shootout. That's kind of what I'm looking at right now. (laughs) Which would be so? hilarious. Uh, it could be. I don't know. I mean, unless the Bengals' offense just destroys the Panthers' defense and really gets ahead, of, like I think we could be seeing a another thirty thirty type game. I'm sure the Panthers will lose because that's what they do. But you know, I think it'll be fun. Um, the Bengals' defense, though, has been better than I think you'd expect. Oh, no, I expect them to be good. I just – I read Walker's uh, five questions with the enemy this week, and they basically are in the same position with our, as the Panthers, minus the fact that they're missing two of their starting – not even starting, but they're two of their best run-blocking defensive linemen, which is not a good recipe for success against a team that is going to run De- Deontay Foreman down your throat. So – that's where I'm like not sure how this game's gonna go, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe the yeah. Panthers will get dominated. I mean, they we'll did see, go I mean, to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, well, I mean, they also got blown out by the Browns last week, which is never like a good momentum builder. Um, no. but they, I found what I was looking for. Um, they gave up three touchdowns in the second half to the Browns on Monday night. Um, do you know how many second half touchdowns they had allowed this year before that? What zero? Yes. Wow, that's pretty good. Well, yeah, they went week one through seven. They did not allow, allow a single touchdown in the second half of games. So well, that's concerning. <laughs> now they gave up three to the Browns. And the Browns are bad. So, well, are yeah. they bad though? Eh, I mean they're they're, not they're in the top five in like every every offensive category right now. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, I did not really. There, I guess that's true. But I guess I just keep. I just think of the Browns as like uh all the losses they had consecutively. But um, so you know, but still, they gave up three touchdowns on Monday night, and they got beat pretty thoroughly. Um, so maybe maybe there's like some there's like you know some cracks in the armor there, and because I think you see this a lot with football. Where a lot of times units can be somewhat fragile, especially defensively, where a team can be really strong defensively, and all it takes is like one bad game, and it all unravels as soon as the players start to lose trust in the system and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. I mean that's always that's always possible here, but I I think I don't know I think it's more likely that the the Bengals are just kind of a disjointed mess on offense and the Panthers struggle with that defense, especially in the second half. And we end up with another ugly, like we revert back to what we had before this random 
outbreak of offensive football that we saw against the Falcons. No, I mean, to be fair, the Falcons and the Buccaneers were both dealing with a lot of major injuries missing in the secondary. So that's always mm-hmm. conducive to passing the ball well. Um, yeah, and Atlanta is also one of the worst defenses in the league regardless. Yeah. So, like, they're – yeah, like, both against the run and the pass. Like, it's basically like them and the Lions and the Texans are the worst defenses in the league. So – um, I, I don't know if I would uh, expect such an outburst against the Bengals. Oh, that was just me just kind of like thinking or breathing it into existence because I would enjoy that more than a a 7 to 10 where I'm just oh, yeah. sitting there like struggling to to enjoy the Panthers because the last couple games I've really enjoyed the Panthers offense where, you know, the weeks into the season, aside from that one Saints game, the offense was just hard to watch and frustrating and made me angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a, a good chance we see that again, but I'm obviously always on board with uh, if you're going to lose, at least lose by scoring points. While yeah. scoring points, right? Like the the games are just so much. At least you get to like enjoy some things and cheer for some things as opposed to just like watching punts over and over and over again yeah punts interceptions fumbles like still it's better to just watch dante or deontay foreman score three touchdowns or even just be as successful as he has been over the last couple games than to just lament the fact that this season is happening and there's nothing we can do about it nothing we can do about the season no nothing um but this is a, this is definitely a game where the Panthers are going to see the Bengals probably they're going to get the Bengals all because this is the get right for game for them. They have the Panthers, then they have the bye week. They're just trying to get back into being competitive. So this is the game where they're going to get the Bengals are going to come after them. So it'll be a nice test to see exactly how good this team is with a team as talented as the Bengals coming after them this week. I mean the Buccaneers are in theory, supposed to be a really good team. They're not playing like one. And the Falcons are a team, I think, playing above their heads where this is the team that played in the Super Bowl last year. So this, I think this is going to be a really good gauge for where exactly the Panthers are talent-wise, even if Dante Jackson and uh, some of their other defensive backs don't play. You remember how last week I used like the, the transitive property about like – the Falcons destroyed the 49ers and the Panthers lost to the 49ers. So Panthers had like no shot. Mm-hmm. We have a similar uh, situation here where the Bengals shredded the Falcons two weeks ago. Yep. So like Joe Burrow had like 350 yards passing in the first half or something absurd <laughs> like that. And, uh, and they just kind of cruised to a win after that point. Um, so, not not super encouraging in that like in that regard. And also, uh, a little fun fact: Did you know Joe Burrow is leading the league in passing yards? No, but that doesn't surprise me at all. No, it, it kind of surprised me because it's been it's kind of snuck up on us. Like, uh, I, I would have thought I would have guessed like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or somebody, which they're both in the top five, but. I did not think Joe Burrow would have like a commanding lead in the passing yardage uh, race. Yeah, it's just a shame that he's uh, 
stuck on a team that's defense. Well, I guess, like you said, their defense is better, but the fact that he's stuck on a team where their offensive line is not great, but I do know that part of that is part of the, the issue with the offensive line is also that Burrow likes to extend plays and kind of go into backyard football mode. And that's usually conducive to sacks. I mean, I watched Cam Newton play here for God knows how many years. So it happens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the Bengals are probably better than they're given credit for this year, just because like they're four and four, and they've had some gross losses. But like, I think they're like the general their general like big picture play has been good. They just kind of had some stinker games. Um, and like you Which said, happens. I think it's yeah, like you said, I think it's um the the it, the Panthers are in a tough spot and like you said being the the get right game right like they're coming off a bad loss to the Browns they have a bye week after this so there's nothing to like look ahead to so it's like all right guys let's go out there let's take care of business let's like beat up on the Panthers and then we get a week off before we uh come back for the second half of the season so i think that's i think the Panthers big uh chance or best chance for success for most of the rest of the year it's kind of like catching people off guard, right? Like being yeah. penciled in as a win on the schedule and then like coming out of nowhere with, with some, some moxie like they did against the, uh, the Buccaneers and being, and just like catching teams kind of off guard with like, Oh yeah, I forgot that just because they're not good. Doesn't mean they're all like not, they're not all uh, professional football players that can actually play well. In, right. Uh, you know, isolate not, not that they can only, like they can only, they can play you know they can beat anybody on any given day. Yeah, I mean between Frankie Louvu, um, Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, uh, defensive tackle. Why is his name forgetting for escaping Derek me Brown. now? Derek Brown. There we go. I was gonna say I was gonna call him Derek jo- Jackson. I was like, no, that's not right. Um. Between those four players on any given play, they could blow up the entire offense. So I like it. It's it's a good position to be in for a team that's that's rebuilding because you – I think it was Andrew who said this or Mick Smiley for those of you who uh, read the show or read the uh, blog. But he basically said that – and then I stopped myself too – figure out what i was gonna say shit um (laughs) no he basically said that creating a that you don't want to lose too much and create a losing culture you want to kind of have that that established mentality of winning football games even if you're struggling and i think that's what they're doing right now they're kind of conditioning the team to shoot for being a winning football team and to be competitive in every game something we didn't see from last year's uh second half of the season with matt rule so I just want to see them come out and being competitive in every game. They have the talent to do so. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, I mean, players aren't dumb. And players, I mean, that you can generally, uh, like, they're realistic, right? Like, you can be bad, but if you're competitive and your team is built a certain way, like, players can get that same optimism that fans do, right? Where it's just like, okay, I mean, yeah, we went four and 13 this year, but we played good football and we had some tough breaks and we just got to get more experience and we'll be good. You know, like, I think you can get players to buy into that. If the team is playing well, if the team still steals some wins and they give themselves a chance to win, uh, 
on a semi-consistent basis as opposed to if you're just like showing up and like punching the clock to get uh demolished every sunday it's just like what are we even doing here and i don't think it's hard to build a culture that way yeah i think you kind of want that established culture in the locker room when you bring in the new head coach because at least it's it's a little less work at that point because they are kind of bought in yeah like they're still they still have to buy into the the new head coach's idea for the future but when the team is conditioned to be like we're going to go out there and just and try to win every Sunday, we can win every game. That's the kind of mentality you want. So I think that it's going to it's going to shape up to be a good situation for whatever the next head coach is. Right. Whether yeah, it's they, Steve they can... Wilkes or not. Right. It's like all right, we were close. We're close. Now it's like like this is this guy like this guy can like help push us over the top cuz we were we almost had it last year despite all the turmoil. Yep. So. Exactly. Um, you want to get into scoring predictions, John? Yeah, let's go for it. Hmm. Let me pull up my random number generator. Yep. So. Um, oh, go ahead. Do you want to? I was gonna say, do you want to update the standings? We haven't talked about the standings in a couple of weeks. Let's see here. So I gotta do this. So RNG was. Oh, let me get my thing here. RNG. We worry about it. Oh, good. I would say RNG picked was picked the first week correctly. RNG and myself picked the second week correctly, so that's two and one. RNG and myself picked the third week correctly, or no, excuse me, you did. So that was uh, two, one, and one. Then I picked the fourth week correctly, so that's two, one, and two, or two, two, and one. The RNG was wrong. Week five, so that's two, two, and two. We were tied up. You were the only one who picked the Rams, so that one that puts you at three, two, and hey. two. We were all wrong about the Bucks, so you were still three, two, and two. <laughs> and you were correct about the Falcons as well, so that puts you at four, two, and two. John, you are leading the standings. I'm really good at this. Mm-hmm. So what? I, I get to go last. I'll go first then. Uh, I'm gonna say Bengals. 26 Panthers 19 I'd be okay with that game Yeah I'm going to go with Bengals 35 Panthers 21 Okay, you you are going with the shootout again Yep I think it's going to happen <laughs> Right now, by the way, the, the spread is Bengals minus 7.5 Yep. And the over-under is 42 and a half, so that's like roughly uh, pretty, actually really close to what my score was. It's like 25-18, mm-hmm. basically. Um, anyway, random number generator says Panthers 13, Bengals 14. Wow. That'd be a very Panthers-Bengals game. It would be, considering... I mean, we, wasn't we the last time a few years we... ago. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't that the last time the Panthers faced off against the Bengals was the tie game? No, we tied them in 2014 in the 7-8. They were the one in the 7-8-1 year. Yeah. So, and that was, that, that game that, that was, was like... That was the last game they faced each other, though, right? No, 2018. Oh, yeah, they did They did play each other in 2018. Yeah, I just forgot. The Panthers, the Panthers won uh, with four touchdowns from Cam Newton. 
Yeah, they won handily, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's 31-21. Um, but uh, Christian McCaffrey had 184 yards rushing. So, um, but yeah, the 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 I remember the 2014 game was very similar to the Falcons game. Uh, this past Sunday, it was like a very similar thing of just like both teams repeatedly making mistakes at the end of the game to try to let the other team win and like a bunch of like missed kicks and bad plays and stuff. And then it's just like, yeah. oh, we're out of time. I think the that Bengals game missed was very frustrating. I think the Bengals missed a game. They missed a similar field goal to what we did against the Falcons. Like they missed a, uh, like a chip shot field goal at the, it's like as time expired, which is such a funny thing to happen because like, the Panthers have a zero percent chance of winning, so it's just like if he makes it, we lose; if we miss it, we tie. And so he, uh, when he misses it, everybody's like, "Yeah, we didn't lose." Yeah, because it's like the best possible outcome at the moment. Yeah, he missed. Mike Nugent missed a thirty-six yard field goal on the final play of overtime. I kind of hope the, the Panthers tie every game to end the season. That'd be pretty That'd be, cool. That would be funny. I'd also kind of be curious as how that uh, makes the records work out. They should just make the playoffs at that point. Yeah, like, like so. they, they, they're half good enough, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then they have an infinite playoff game that never ends. Yep. yep. Then they just make it to the Super Bowl because they can't figure out the tiebreakers. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but hopefully this will be a fun game to watch. I mean, the last two weeks have been fun. The Steve Wilkes era so far has been decent. Much better than I would have expected, considering they fired their mm-hmm. head coach only a few weeks into the season. So I'm enjoying letting him audition, and I won't be upset if he gets the head coaching job next year when he can assemble his own staff instead of having to inherit Ben McAdoo and all of Matt Rule's people. So, but was there anything else you wanted to add, John? Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, just looking forward to another, uh, Another fun weekend of Carolina Panthers football. Yeah. If it's a fun weekend, I won't be able to complain too much. But right. from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by John as always. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back with you next week.